episode of the three wise guys we are here today with luke we are here today with dolapo what's up and um in 15 to 30 minutes uh, a special guest will be popping in as well but well, not aria 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> um no aria is uh, coming back um from portugal i believe as we speak he should have landed actually so hopefully he messages us soon to determine that he wasn't stopped at the border <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know like if if anyone's gonna get cavity searched at the border it's gonna be Arya because he's a little shit too like he would he would egg on like an immigration officer and try and insult him like i see that in his future <laughs> I don't know, dude. I feel like that's more. I feel like Aria would get searched, and it wouldn't be his choice. But if you get searched, it's only because you're egging someone else. <laughs> I fully remember us having this conversation where it's like, if you're ever approached by a racist cop, you would just be like, "Oh, well, hit me, bro. I'm getting a lawsuit. I'm getting the lawsuit, bro." <laughs> the lawsuit. Okay, I didn't make it sound like that, but like, yeah, no, the whole thing was like, yeah, I'm gonna like, yeah, hit me, man, I'm gonna bankrupt you and your family. Okay, no, I'm gonna. <laughs> it sounds cooler when you're like, yeah, I'm gonna bankrupt you. <laughs> First of all, I think he's paying that out. But... I'm getting, I'm getting the lawsuit. Sounds like some pussy shit. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, I'm with you though. But yeah, maybe, maybe. No, because right. I hope you realize the reason why I'm making fun of you for that is that, like, I feel like the result of that interaction is your absence from this earth. <laughs> <laughs> so this whole like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bankrupt you. It's like maybe you are, but you're not gonna like receive the benefits. Oh my that. god, he's like, you're gonna be too busy being dead. Hey, Amen. Whatever. Whatever. When we get there, we'll fucking we'll see who's right. Who does? Who does? I mean, hopefully it doesn't happen. But yeah. um, how was your weekend, my friend? This was uh, this was a nice weekend. In uh, I feel like I'd been active for a couple weekends, but I stayed in this time. I finished my show. Um, what's it called? Vikings. I'd been watching that, and then uh, what else did I do? Uh, did some cooking. Finally, you know, did some laundry. It was a weekend for myself. I stayed in. Like, you know, I felt like I was trying to prep my mind for next weekend, too. We're going to be with Sega. So, yeah, it was, it was kind of a nice time in. But how was your weekend? I know you had some activities. Yeah, I was also prepping for the coming weekend, but I did not do so by abstaining. Um, uh-huh. I so, by, uh, so you ever just uh, buy a large amount of alcohol and you're like, there's no way we're going to finish this. And then, like, somehow it, you do. Mm-hmm. Um, that was... No. <laughs> but I can see you doing it. <laughs> okay. But I feel like most times you're like, that's a lot of alcohol. I'm also involved. So mm-hmm. we, we we get it done, boys. We're not wasters in this house. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, 
Um, no, so I was a dumbass. What had happened was Shreve had gone and bought a bunch of liquor, which is why I now have a bunch of liquor to bring to the cottage. Wow. Um, and I ended up just leaving it in my fridge. We didn't find out until like an hour into the trip. So we had to hit up another LCBO. Are you and buy kidding it. me? Right. But at least we had all the beers already. So like we don't have to buy 48 more beers. That is such like a Luke thing to do too. Like <laughs> Luke. <laughs> what are you doing and you know what's the worst part like they picked us like it, this was an aria so like we yeah, like didn't the, you did you have it in a cooler like was that like i had ooh. the beers in the cooler with the barbecue oh, at breath oh so like the drinks was just supposed to like go in bags and stuff eh right right like it was oh, just gonna like okay. you know, we we're just gonna like hold this sort of thing but then, like, okay, that makes it more understandable but still oh my god it was just but like the bad thing was they they showed up like two hours late to pick us up like he oh. and like you would think <laughs> i would do one like double check yeah <laughs> two hours. what were you doing in between man i feel like you're like oh now's the time to squeeze in work that i should have done like earlier today some shit i like i feel so attacked like yeah. <laughs> i just wanted to just crack open a beer and you know just like tell a little bit how you know that oh my god because that's that's not you it's, i feel like when you're pissed at someone for being late you're just gonna be like i'm not gonna be unproductive like you i'm gonna be productive oh my god <laughs> I, I hate you because you're fully right i did do work <laughs> this guy is gonna be like while you were being late and fucking around i was busy answering emails and do like yeah you're just gonna come with some like i was busy doing shit and you're fucking no, around we're not like i don't know like they've known me for so long now right so oh, like my this type of shit isn't even like a thing to them so like i don't even say it to them anymore oh man yeah well okay i know yeah you say it to, you'll say it to me and are you though because <laughs> we're no. Oh, but as i was kind of telling you earlier i am a god at flip cup like oh, I, I just i just like fully like I, honestly like sharif Pijin, i hope you're listening to this because you have every right to be embarrassed so we played a, a couple of games and like i gave these guys four or five warm-up games and then they we played two on one okay so i had to drink four cups and they had to drink like two cups between the four of them oh, oh. we played four rounds of this Okay. Three of those four rounds, the score was four to zero. Okay. okay. Like I uh, was, bro. It was just like I I'm, was just. Wait, wait. The, I touched the lip of the cup, and it just boop, instantly like. It's it, bad. It's yeah. bad. Uh, I, I can I, see it happening. I'm trying to think on Arya's birthday. Like I remember, there were two lines. I think you were on my team on Arya's birthday. Like, oh, do you we, remember we, who we, won? We we just we destroyed Arya's team. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, it was a destroy. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I was okay. I remember. I was okay. And then maybe we play like the next day, and I was just like ass. <laughs> no, you were really good at Arya's birthday, but okay. then when we went to Leans, Leans, yeah, place, it was it for Leans. some reason we yeah, were was... both. You know what it was? Because we played that really embarrassing game of beer pong, and then afterwards, oh, we were yeah, like, uh, <laughs> just killed all, killed all the confidence. <laughs> yep <laughs> but no nah, no nah, that's nice that's nice but is i was gonna say like with all this like supposed prep that you've had with um you know going to drink this weekend to prep like they're better not like viewers you better not hear no stories about luke passing out or puking oh. 
or just being lost for like six hours at a I, time. I, I, did, I, I did black out though. I did. Um, <laughs> like you better not. Like, what's the point of prepping if you're just getting go? <laughs> fucking just just black the fuck out and like just lose, like not compete, Wrong, not even you. lose, like just not compete at all. Like, what's the- <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna compete we're gonna compete. like 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 you can't just black out when did you black out this weekend was it on saturday or was it on friday it's usually friday it, it was on friday but both nights it was like late like i blacked out like 2 a.m and then the second night like i didn't black out and we went to sleep at like 4 a.m so it was yeah like, okay yeah yeah it's always the first thing because you just always get a little too excited and then like yeah it's, it's uh no, we, the we next day you learn mess on after the first night because we didn't really eat dinner we stopped by this random like burger truck and when i tell you like this like i didn't eat the whole day and i was like literally lit and like this burger was fully a 0.5 out of 10 like this was i think arguably this was the most like worst sandwich i've ever put in this dude said 0.5 out of 10 that is that is hard that is hard to reach Zero out of three of us finished a burger. And then Cajun got a hot dog. And for some reason, I guess the hot dog was amazing. Wow. Okay. And this is like out in the Muskoka parts? Muskoka oh, yeah. Cash parts. only. The, the guy was only. white and he did not like us. Okay. There we go. Three Asian kids on a fucking adventure. No, right. that's, that's always That's always something. That's always something. But it was, nah. it was good though, man. It was good though. There was that. We went to this amazing diner called On the Locks and okay. it was, that was beautiful, man. Like, dude, like that, that meal was ooh. like, and then like even the pea meal bacon, I, I thought pea meal bacon was supposed to be tough. What is pea meal bacon? What is pea meal? It's, it's okay. So I'm not 100% sure the exact definition, but it's like a type of bacon that doesn't have like, you know, like the intramuscular fat that regular bacon has. It has just okay. fat, like. Yeah. kind of woven into it yeah. um the bacon is actually like female bacon is like just like solid meat but then they i guess they age it in some sort of cornmeal mixture so mm. every time like i've had it it was super tough like literally like jerky right like mm. but like mm. this place did it like it was like apparently that's how it's supposed to be done like female bacon is not supposed to be tough i was like okay. well goddamn like i, I don't know this was a thing Female bacon, new to me, you know, so. New to many of us, my friend. Yeah. New to many <laughs> awesome. Always learning, always learning. I was going to say, uh, I think on Wednesday, I was out and uh, my cousin was picking me up and I was standing like uh, right by the park, you know, in front of uh, my apartment, whatever mm. building. And uh, I was standing there like folded arms, resting bitch face and some dude, just walked by me and he was like, yo, like, you look like a bodyguard. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he's like, who? He's teasing me, obviously. He's like, who are you guarding? You're looking for someone in that park. You need some help, buddy. I'm out here to help. I was like, what is this dude doing? <laughs> and, like, it was him and his girlfriend. And his girlfriend was like, yeah, they must be real important, aren't they? And I was like, oh, my God. You guys are probably, like, shit-faced at, like, 5 p.m. <laughs> or, like, 6 p.m. And they happen to be from Muskoka, too. So, yeah, shout out to them. Lovely couple. Yeah. That's uh, that's like what you were saying like a couple of episodes again ago, where it's like males are just so bad at giving and taking compliments because yeah. that guy was probably was just like saying like yo, like you know how it's like in street style, he might be like yo, you're looking tough, bro. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, like, you're like, looking good, right? Like you're looking yeah. 
serious like you know yeah it was it was funny because like i like at first i was like what the fuck and then i was like no like he he actually means well and i was like it took me like five seconds to like get into the joke and like 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 you know egamon and be like hell yeah man like we got some goods but yeah i just remember because they were like from muskoka and that was like a super random fact and like they were literally like like west side toronto west side downtown like you know just you know, chilling in front of Hounds of York, <laughs> walking around. And I was like, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, yeah, you know. Right. Weekend in Toronto. So, yeah, shout out to the Muskoka people. And uh, maybe I'll go out there and try pea meal bacon sometime. Dude, it's uh, it's most definitely a vibe, man. But um, aside from all this positivity, cottage, all this stuff, like, I think recently, man, people in general have been feeling a little bit, you know, worried about some of the things that are happening around the world. And Don't talk to me about no goddamn recession. I'm joking. All right. Talk to me about it. <laughs> right. right. And at the end of the day, I think as the selfish piece of shit we are, we're not really worried about like the social ramifications, even though we fully should be. We're more worried about how it's going to affect our wallets, aka this upcoming recession. So um, in just three seconds um we should be graced with our special guest here okay and we're back and we're joined by our special guest here so this is actually one of my close childhood friends and then we went on i guess like a five-year hiatus because he moved to waterloo and then we got reconnected again um when i came back for university for an internship but also like a little bit because of deca so um, Toby, why don't you quickly introduce yourself and just say hi to the fans? All right, yeah, we'd love to. So, look at that. Let's go. Hi, I know. Hi, everyone. My name is Toby. Um, I'm a recent uh, pharmacy grad. Um, it's great to be on the show. Uh, throughout school, I've just been doing random investing, doing some startups, you know, applying for jobs typical of what you would typically expect so you know glad to be here yeah no glad to have you man i don't know if that's you know too typical but we'll we'll take your word for it (laughs) (laughs) but uh how's how's it been like uh like you know like you said you just finished uh your recent pharmacy grad like how's it been like navigating getting into getting into like the job force graduating school like starting like real life as i like to call it like post pandemic as a fellow yeah. gen zer well what would you say what would you say that experience has been like man i i just wanted to say that when the pandemic hit and then there was that graduating class in 2020 that yep. were suddenly graduating into the pandemic people were saying <laughs> oh yeah we feel bad for you guys um and the 2008 grads were saying, oh, yeah, we graduated into this recession, too. You know, we're here to morally support you. I was at the time saying to myself, you know what? I'm so glad I'm not a 2020 grad. I'm still in school for two more years. The pandemic's going to be over. The job market's going to be great. And oh, in yeah. 2021, it looked amazing, right? Of course. The, the S&P was all-time high. Crypto was at an all-time high. And just as... Everything looked so good. I graduate and I'm in a huge recession. Uh, oh, I get man. interviews that I know. And I get these interviews where they literally ghosted me. I, I joined the Zoom call. There's no one there. I joined the Google Meet. There's no one there. Jeez. A few days later, they message me. Yeah, they message me and they're like, oh, we're so sorry. 
for the last minute communication, we're, we're doing a hiring freeze now. So I, I, and oh, I don't man. see any of those. Yeah. And I don't see any of those words of support from the 2008 grads <laughs> no. for, for my cohort. <laughs> no more, man. I'm sorry. You missed, you missed the window by like one year and you described it so beautifully. It was like 2020. It was like, oh my God, fuck. You don't have a real graduation. We feel so bad. That was like Luke's grad, Luke's grad class. And unfortunately, Luke was a victim too. He lost an internship due to COVID. Like he had to move to, you know, uh, Toronto area as well. He was out in Spain. He had to come back. And like, I was like, oh man, I feel so bad for my friends. But luckily for me, I'm still in school. So like this, this worked out just <laughs> exactly. fine. You know what I mean? Like, so I was, I was on your wavelength 2020. I was right there with you, Toby. And then 2021, that's when I graduated. And guess what? Crypto's at an all-time high. <laughs> so is the S&P. Everyone, I tell you, everyone was fucking hiring. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, rent in, like, uh, Toronto and Mississauga was at an all-time this, low. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was, it was for like for like three <laughs> three four months there it was it was a sweet spot, <laughs> but you, but you really uh, went like fuck timing the market. I'm gonna time my graduation. Like that was, yeah, that was like the actual big brain brain play. Yeah, but like, but you said it. Like, look at us one year later, and it's like, oh my gosh. Well, um, what what's my savings supposed to do? What is what was everything like? Everything that I like. I, all the little all the little things that I had money for to like do or that I thought I could invest in last year. Well right. all my gains are lost. Like, you know, they just have to pull their shit out of crypto, you know what I mean? Like like everyone's everyone's mm -hmm. had to like make adjustments like that. So no, like I'm with you there. I'm with you there and I'm you know, I'm disgusting to hear about the hiring freezes. I seen like LinkedIn mm. stories and like you guys can I don't know, you guys can talk about maybe the uh, authenticity of these LinkedIn stories, but you know about like i think people in coinbase and stuff where it was like mm. they're already hired and it was like incoming you know early interviews type of things yeah. and it was like oh yeah we're sorry but like you know due to this uh you know the current crypto collapse market collapse blah 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 we just you know not gonna have to take you in we'll defer you about you know what i mean like so it's it's crazy i'm unfortunate that you got to experience that but i'm sure like you'll be fine but ah. Uh, Hope for the future, right. though, you know, so don't, don't, <laughs> don't fret, buddy. Don't fret. I think, I think the other thing, too, before we maybe get into, like, our ma the main meat of our conversation here is, like, Toby is the type of smart person to really be humble and underplay what he, how smart he is, which is a true <laughs> indicator of how smart someone truly is. So oh I want to definitely shine some light on this. Toby is definitely one of the... Number one, very an extremely intelligent person, but even more than that, he's one of the hardest working people I've ever met. He makes my work ethic genuinely look like shit, and you guys know how much shit D gives me for quote unquote working too hard. Like Toby literally fucking laughs me easily, and oh, he's someone who is extremely skilled at computer science, programming, developing, even though he never formally studied it in university. So in so many aspects, I definitely look up to him, and all of this... He also balances this with investing in a very intelligent basis. So I wanted to kind of like start off with that, right? Um, I feel like a lot of us recognize in this modern landscape, we're kind of in this very nasty world where at this point, like you can't just let your money like sit. So maybe Toby, you can kind of just start off with like, 
what is your view on investing and like what does it mean why is it important where is it important etc yeah well thank you luke for those um those kind words but I honestly, I think, I think I messaged you about this in the past like few weeks where maybe when you were talking about, you know, doing software, then, um, you know, work ethic and then also invest, maybe we can remove that investor part because <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say this right here. Like I've pretty much reset my portfolio back to 2018 in terms of total value. Like I, I would I have told so many people that it would have been better for me to have just taken the money, buried it in my backyard and come back and I would have just slightly less money, but none of the emotional roller coaster that came with it. Oh like, my goodness. You would see that money go up in twenty twenty and I was ecstatic and then a crypto portfolio that I never thought would become anything, you know, mainstream exploded. So I was so happy. And I thought that I didn't even need a job at one point in 2020 because I, I was a crypto miner. Like I, I was part this. of the, the reason why those cryptocurrency, you know, GPUs were, were, were in a shortage. So I was very happy. And then it started, it crashed in May of 2021 briefly, but then recovered back to, to the new all-time highs. So all of that emotional baggage could have been avoided if I had just buried everything in the backyard and just oh my God. took all the savings and just put it in the backyard or something. It's it's the true irony here is that our parents' perspective on investing in GICs might have been the most intelligent. <laughs> GIC. They, they were they were right. They were right. My sister bought a GIC from CIBC just like a few months ago, like right before Christmas with her uh, gift, like Christmas money and everything. And I, I made fun of her for that. But it turns out, you know, I'm... Well, who's <laughs> I, laughing I now? 25%. <laughs> exactly. oh. But I guess all that being said, though, right? Like, does that mean you're just not investing anymore? Or are you kind of taking a more conservative approach? Like, what is, uh, how is like, I guess the past emotional roller coaster affected your outlook on the market or investing in general? Right? I, I, I think in the future, I, I'm definitely going to be much more cautious with some of my decisions. Um, in terms of what I'm doing right now with the market, and everything, it, it's because obviously, I, I just finished school, I have interest that I have to pay on these student debts, which unfortunately are tied to, you know, prime rate and prime rate is increasing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. at this moment, I'm more mostly focused on paying down those loans because that's like pretty much guaranteed money because I'm paying down prime rate interest. Yep. So that's what I'm currently focusing on. Anything I have on the side, really, it, it's honestly just into, you know, spy, some spy options, perhaps. Uh, try to time it a bit, have some fun, but nothing, nothing too serious right now because I, I don't know how much lower it could go. And with the crypto market, I'm not even touching it. Like everything I mine, I convert into cash and just use that cash and pay off debt. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I feel like that's a very underrated investment technique that you're talking about there in terms of like fighting the rate, like fighting the, uh, the, the feds increasing every, every, every fed, not the fed, every fed is increasing interest rates and that's sending, you know, interest rates for anything and everything up. And, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta battle out and start, you know, earning some, 
you know, earning some cap, earning some like, you know, profit of your own interest of your own on some kind of like whatever debt instrument or, you know, from investing yourself or just making sure those interest rates don't affect you as bad as <laughs> as bad as they can. But like that's that's big. So paying down debt is definitely in times like these is definitely a way of investing. And I think that's that's like a nice little nice little tidbit there that you're doing that, you know, I don't know gets talked about as much or as often, but it's big. And I was going to say, what well, what would you say? Like, cause like, I'm pretty sure you were deep into the market. Sounds like you had some like big gains, like from, from your, your investment, like, you know, your, your past, I guess, life right now. Well, what were, what were some of the things? Cause you said you'd be a little bit more careful, like, you know, the next time, what were some of the things that you think, you know, you could have done a little bit better at. And also like in general, like, what do you think happens to the market? Was it the money printing like during COVID? Like, I mean, you know, that's, that's usually, that's where it's coming from. That's what a lot of people were saying. A lot of people were saying this back then, expect stagflation, expect the recession, like where we're for the market right now, what do you think caused this? And then for your own personal portfolio, what do you think were like, you know, little things that you could, uh, you know, tighten up on or things that you learned? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think in terms of researching what assets or what blue chips to buy, for example, uh, I would say that over the past few years, because up until this point, I think our generation, we've only been in a very healthy bull market where as long as you mm. put money in, you would get gains. So yeah. then that would give you this sort of confirmation bias that stocks generally go up. And even if you bought, let's say, a, a skeptical company where there were actually big firms that were giving sell ratings, and, and my example is Lemonade, uh, I was a very early investor into Lemonade after the ICO, and I kept on seeing it go up all the way up until I think it was at one point one hundred and forty dollars per share, and I saw all the red flags online, like on, um, you know, I think two big banks, uh, hedge funds were giving sell ratings on, on it. But I thought, no, this is the next big thing. Reinsurance is the next big thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I could, I could have sold at that point and just taken all the money and like did anything else with it. And I'm sad to say, I still hold like about 30% of the, of the, uh, of my total original amount of lemonade. So that's, that's entirely in the red at this point. So oh I guess take profit when you can. And don't let confirmation bias or like false conviction or your own conviction that sounds right, but probably isn't. What, what do, okay, so let's let's. Uh, I, I feel like we're getting into like some super technical conversations as well here with in terms of like let's say like research and some of these components, right? Because I feel like for as long as like even just in recent memory, there's always been this ongoing notion that you just have to invest no, no matter who you are. I think, you know, the three of us, like we're very involved, like we're on business, for example. And I know you're in like farm tech, but, you know, like still very correlated with the business world. You're always thinking about um, these type of things. And like maybe people in the office are like, this is very top of mind. I think you were also telling me like the pharmacy school in UFT is actually super into investing as well. Like you guys have your own Facebook groups and things like that. So for people who I guess are just completely on the average side and like, you know, like not on the average side, but on the opposite side of this world, like let's say for the teachers of the world or you know, the social workers of the world, like they're always hearing this thing about like, oh, you don't let your money sit, like invest your money, blah, blah, blah. Especially in this time, like in a recession, is your advice to hold cash? Is your advice to 
um, invest in like GICs like we talked about? Like what is, what do you think is like the safe route? And has that changed because of the recent things that have happened in the market? Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that you recall that conversation I had about with, you know, U of T, the dentistry school, the pharmacy school, they, there's a lot of gamblers in there. And I, I hate to admit it, it looks like I was one of them. I wasn't fully, fully an investor. I was a bit emotionally attached as a gambler. I, I realize that problem now too. Um, but um, I think in this current market moving forward, I still think it is important to invest in like just broad ETFs, um, instruments that track the general market. So I'm a big fan of SPY, uh, which tracks the S&P 500. Um, and that's, see, I'm afraid to give the actual reason right now, because in my mind, it's the fear of being left out. So if mm -hmm. the recession doesn't happen, and then we see, you know, SPY go back up to like 420, uh, you know, maybe up to those original predictions for 2022 back uh, made in 2021, like $500. You don't want to miss out on that. And this is this is something that's going to sound a bit dangerous, but in a sense, you could think of it as I can buy, like put half my money into an ETF like this that just tracks a certain sector or the broad general market. And if I do poorly, I still have people, like there's people all over the world who will do poorly even if they don't know it. So their retirement funds that their companies hold, like 401ks, are still also on the market. So even though they may not directly invest, they also will lose a bit with you. They'll cry with you. Everyone will have, be emotionally on the same page. Um, and I think that was something that was missing when the first crypt major crypto crash happened because most investors looked at you and said, well, that's what you get for investing into cryptocurrencies. And not everyone felt how bad you felt. But in this case, if you invest into something that tracks the general market, even though, even if you do lose, like, you're not going to lose 50%. I, I don't yeah. think it, like, I, I know this is recorded. And if <laughs> it's it's you drops, <laughs> like, I mean, especially right. if you get in at this price point, right? Like the chances of the market, right? Impossible, but yeah, it's not huh? impossible, but let's say it does. At least there's, there's going to be so many other people affected just like you. Yeah. that you, you're likely going to get government like fed support at some point tax write-offs for days you're spot so, on at, industries would yeah. crash if the spy lost 50 percent. like <laughs> literally <laughs> right and and i do think you know in the, in the future like once we're out of this we're, we're definitely going to see a general upward trend again we're, we're still young you might yeah. as well just hold it Right, but okay. So I guess getting on to some more technical. Oh, sorry, dude. Were, were you gonna say something there? No, 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 no. I was, I was gonna add that, like even paying down debt, like you said you were doing, is right. like some great to do as well too. So it, it is a way of investing in a way when you think about, like, let's say debt. I think me and Toby were looking at this the other day. Accumulates, I think, at what six percent right now, um, year over year. What is the federal interest rate for student loans? Something I think like OSAP that. is prime plus three, right? Um, yeah. So that's that's really high, or two oh, two point five points. Yeah. Uh, so okay. luckily, I have private student loans, which are usually prime minus point five or right. just like flat prime. But even then, like I guess maybe from some gambling that might have occurred with <laughs> such high loans, uh, I have one that 
has about $500 per month of just interest right now. Jeez. So if I could push Jeez. down the principal amount, like the actual balance, yeah. well then that's 500 more dollars that I could buy on, Am like spend on Amazon, right? right. So that that's mm. kind of my approach right now. Like I'm not, I'm literally just push, trying to push down that balance. I, yeah. I think too, like in general, right? Like you can always think about like, if you have debt, ongoing debts, it's literally a negative investment uh, portfolio of X amounts accumulating at like X percent negative interest rate, right? So it's like, if you're not addressing that, like, or let's say you're investing, but it's not making more than that, there's literally no point in investing. You might as well just pay that off. And obviously, like, I don't feel like this really needs to be said, but maybe it does like, if you are struggling with your day-to-day -day expenses and you think investing will make you rich, that's <laughs> like, investing is a way of preserving your money and making it last over time. Right. And like making sure it doesn't appreciate, like you obviously need to make sure like you have the base necessities, like a rainy day fund and like enough money to cover expenses on a month to month basis and et cetera. But I was going to say, I do feel like this current situation presents a couple of factors that are a bit unique, which I think we should quickly address here. Right. So one thing, um, is historically, whenever conflicts or wars happen, before they happen, that's priced into the market on a negative basis, which did happen before the war with Ukraine and Russia officially started. But in this case, um, in, in, in every single case in the past where once a war has started, um, that actually positively affects the stock market. But in this case, it hasn't actually done that. When, the, um, when uh, as you guys know, like Russia and Ukraine are, are in conflict for more than like two months now at, at this point, I believe. And nothing that hasn't been reflected on the stock market in a positive way like it typically would for a conflict of the scale i think another factor of those underlying factors is like you know the food shortage that like everyone's really well aware of you know people will literally starve by end of this year or beginning of next year depending on the country you're from so it's like i don't know like do you think these two factors are going to make this specific situation on the market difference like is it going to impact it in a different way or is it just another akin to the factor that like there's always unseen factors and the market is still going to be okay without that yeah like and the other factor would be that quote-unquote runaway inflation that everyone right you know, is on everybody's mind right now inflation. so it's like we we do we Right, we do we do see it. Um, What's running away likely inflation, gonna guys? Let's let's break that down. Yeah, so so I guess the hot uh, the hot word is because over the past I think decade pretty much we we've just kept the interest rates so low it it was very easy to you know borrow money and then you could use this borrowed money put it into uh, like purchase assets that may not be directly tangible or you would never cash out on the assets. So for example, like an ETF. And we've gotten to this point now where because of the factors that Luke, you were mentioning earlier, plus on, uh, you know, the COVID pandemic, which increased a lot of spending. Now when we have to repay these debts and people have to actually liquidate some, some of these assets that they bought with such low inflation, it turns out that we actually don't have the money to pay out some of these assets. And in turn, what that causes is, you know, stock price decreases um, and not specifically the shortages that we, we've seen. That's more so a pandemic thing, but yeah. um, it ends up driving up some certain living costs as well. So I think, yeah, with those three factors, probably plus a few that we haven't touched on yet that I can't think of on top of my mind, 
it is it is a bit more unique than just that war aspect where the market does all right during a war. Okay, so let's maybe talk about each of those separately too, right? Because I, I was thinking about the conflict item. Do you think that has to do with the fact that I guess formally at least the U.S. isn't like involved formally, like the U.S. isn't deploying troops? Do you think that has anything to do with the fact that the market hasn't rebounded because they're supporting, but it's not actually, you know what I mean, like like foot on the ground support sort of thing? I'm actually not too aware of this uh, the, the concept. Like I'm, I'm not well researched on it, but um, mm -hmm. in this case, it. Like, I don't want to downplay it, but it isn't that big, big of a conflict. Yes, there are nations involved that could probably do a lot of damage if it were to escalate more. But as of right now, I feel that it's quite isolated. Um, we've seen American companies pull out of Russia just as a sign of almost protest and also because of those sanctions. But and, and yeah, the, the other thing is it's the sanctions, right? So we, we have the gas price increase, natural mm -hmm. gas, in part because of these sanctions, because of the uh, blocking of uh, the money moving back and forth between Russia and some of these uh, European markets. So, so in this case, I, I think it could just be the sanctions. It's not just the pure war. Plus, I don't feel it's like a full, full-on war that everybody is paying attention to. Uh, as much and we're not sending troops you're right we're not sending any troops there's no nato response at all mm. thank goodness because i don't think that'd be good that would yeah. like it would just escalate everything to a point of no return yeah no like and, and i think i think toby was spot on there I, you were right where the war hasn't necessarily affected like uh the stock market like asset prices but i do think there's been major shifts in like commodities so like energy for example like hmm. you know oil has been you know stupid gas has been stupid Pre profits have been <laughs> incredulous like you know like if you're if you're an oil worker right now okay you are having a swell time if anything everybody's calling your phone right now like you know saying let's renew this so like and and also you're speaking about food shortages like you know, that's sending the price of commodities and food, like, all the way up as well, just because, so, like, I think the commodity market is all awry, and it's all messed up, and, mm -hmm. you know, to an extent, like, we're not feeling that, it's not, it's not affected the U.S. yet, that's more like Europe and Africa supply chains, like, that's, that's really, that's where Russia is, but, yeah, for us in the U.S. right now, it hasn't, it hasn't hit us like that, it might, you know, soon, I heard in Europe actually. I was reading that they're they're trying to fire up coal plants now. I mean, like they haven't had coal plants, you know. They've been seem green, but mm. based off of their, they're they're sticking so hard by for like not wanting to buy gas from Russia. They're like, yeah, we're gonna fire up some coal. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's where they're at. So it's 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 affecting them, and like in that sense, yeah, it hasn't it hasn't reached us here. I don't, I don't know. So like, just, just to speak about like, you know, to touch on that. So I don't know. I was going to ask Toby because Luke was talking about uh, COVID-19 spending. Like, what would you say has been one of the big factors for the situation that we're in right now? Like, you know, Toronto housing prices, the housing bubble. And like, does that, does that relate to this? Like, you know, I don't know from your knowledge and like, you know, your experience. Yeah. Like, Obviously, Toronto housing prices have finally started to come down by, you know, a bit. 
um, certainly not to, you know, pre-pandemic um, and definitely not to, you know, 20, 2012 or like 2014 right. when my parents got their home, right? Let's, let's be clear um, that pre-pandemic pricing is still insanely expensive. <laughs> it was, yeah, that's why I had to clarify, like using my parents like, back a little bit further as, as a reference point. But I think with the interest rates, as they start increasing and, you know, mortgages tied to prime, that uh, there's going to be less buying power in the market mm. because the buyers who made a certain amount of income, certain amount of down payment, the banks aren't going to give them the ability to buy $1 million, $1.5 million homes. So as the buyers start losing that buying power, the sellers will likely have to come down. Um, so won't probably won't fix fix the pricing. I don't even think the pricing had a problem, so to say, but okay. but it, it won't it won't be bringing it super, super down anytime soon. I don't think so. Okay, but and and when do you see us getting out of this? Like, well, 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 give us your prediction. Doesn't mean anything, but give us anyways. We'll hold you to it, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> give us, yeah, a- like, yeah. Go, go ahead, Luke. Sorry. No, I was gonna say, are you are you referring to a prediction on the house prices or like on the general? No, general. Right. Okay. I I think we can we should close this off segment by going around the room and saying, do we think a recession is gonna hit by the end of the year, and what are your justifications for doing so? Toby, you can you can get yeah, us started start. off. <laughs> oh man, you know just you for give reading. Us a percentile, percentile. Like what 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 is the likelihood of a recession happening by the end of the year? I'd say seventy percent or seventy, eighty percent. I'm I'm pretty confident. I trust most of the analysts who are in this case a bit pessimistic about where we're heading. And I, I, I have no choice but to trust them because some like I'm not gonna sell the all of my stocks. So if it doesn't happen, I'll be happy. If it does happen, I'm I'm still preparing for it by getting rid of debts. Like the last time a major recession happened, I think the prime rate went all the way like housing like the cost of mortgages was like a credit card almost like 15 14 right that's what some credit cards run at and then home prices like came down so at at least i'm paying down like prime tide debts so i'm preparing for both i'll be happy for both no that sounded really bad (laughs) i'm yeah 15 percent sounds disgusting okay (laughs) all right um is your is your only justification for that rating just what you're hearing from analysts or is there any like personal i guess thoughts or attachments to that Hmm. you know like in in general most of the COVID 19 closures well no i can't even say that so like look at china it's it's mostly like china is still going to be in lockdown for what i predict much longer um right right, that they have great COVID 19 measures but perhaps their vaccines aren't the best i won't comment more about that so there is going to be some disruption in trade our supply chains going down um down the line so that isn't helping anything right that that's not helping anything china's staying closed so that could be a catalyst or at least a driving factor that's pushing me more toward that you know more likely to happen than less likely. 
Okay, what about you, dude? Yeah, I, I'm I'm with I'm recession all the way, inflation all the way, stagflation, here we come. Uh so exciting to like see that in my lifetime. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, I think I think we're headed there. Uh um mainly because of money printer go burr. Uh asset yeah. prices going down like drastically like like all the COVID-19 assets are like gone like Zoom's gone Peloton's gone Beyond Me floundering oh. like you know what I mean AMC GameStop gone like all the stuff that made people rich crypto so um yeah you know a lot of that and like you know growth growth stalling GDP's going down like what's it called raw materials are too expensive here I'm just going to say a bunch of stuff to make me sound like I know what I'm saying, but maybe I don't. So <laughs> uh, I was going to say, you see Musk saying his fucking factories are like sinks. Those are supposed oh. to be some of the best like economic, like, you know, like things that we did during the pandemic, like built a fucking car factory. Like that's almost automated. Like, you know what I mean? That's like, that's supposed to be a huge productive labor thing. Like, and he's like, yo, this is a cash sink at this point <laughs> just because raw materials are too high and all of that. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Like, I don't know what the end is, but, yeah, we'll experience all of that. But uh, the at least the, the silver lining for me is, like, things just happen so fast nowadays that, like, coming out of that, like, you know, won't be like it, it'll seem impossible but when it's happening it'll be like oh shit it's happening you know what i mean just because of the rate of change and the rate at which things just move so fast with globalization and the internet and and 5g to come and all of that so like it'll be very interesting to see how these next 12 to 18 months go right uh, for me i i'm i'm at like a 80 percent confidence interval that the recession is going to hit by another year I'm fully basing this on two different things. One, um, I work at an agency, so I, you know, obviously I deal with a lot of client work and I work with B2B clients. So um, one thing is like uh, starting a month ago, luckily, like my team is actually good. So like we, I don't think we're going to be in any like, like real, real pressure for like many cancellations, but like, you know, clients are telling me, Hey, we're looking at our expense sheet. We're looking at what is giving us ROI, et cetera. When things are going good, no one cares. They toss money at the wind <laughs> and they're like, digital marketing, fuck it. Branding, I'll spend 10K Let's a month go. on this. I don't care. When when the money's flowing in, no one cares, man. But like, you know, things are starting to hit the fan where people are like, we're looking at every single item we're spending money on. We want copies of the original contract, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> like all of this is happening right in the past month. Um, so that's one of the major factors. And the other factor is I personally believe, and this is something I feel like I've talked to both of you guys about in different contexts is like for in our generation, I feel like is the generation of investing in growth. Whereas the previous generation, what they looked for is value, right? And I feel like value is attached to profit. Value is attached to like these very old school, like, tr like traditional financial indicators in terms of how much does it cost for you to make something? And then how much do you make when you sell that thing sort of thing, right? How efficient is your supply chain? But nowadays people invest on these principles of where can this company go? How can this company impact the world and et cetera. And in some senses, I truly believe that like this idea of profitability has been thrown out the window. No one even thinks about that until like 
years down the line and then they hire some poor CFO and then they're like, make our business profitable. And it's like, it's just fucked fundamentally. Um, so I feel like in some ways, this recession is actually going to create this new atmosphere where we're not going to be like, obviously not bullish on growth, but that's not going to be like the net factor we consider anymore, where it's like, we're not going to be just like, even Toby talking about like, I want to do more research into these companies to really determine like, what is the core business model here? Like, how is this actually like going to be valuable? Like, I feel like these are changes we'll see even after the recession, right? So I feel like fundamentally we've been investing kind of in like a really greedy way, gambling, like as Toby says. And then the other thing is I'm seeing these clients, they're sweating a little bit, man. So that's uh, never a good sign. Never a good sign. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Toby, I think we've taken up an, a, a good amount of chunk of your time here. I wanted to say before you um, head off the podcast, is there anything you want to plug any last minute thing, you know, you want to say to the, to the audience again, you know, not, I don't think you're going to be getting any jobs or uh, <laughs> getting any like sales off this uh, channel, but uh, yeah, uh, I'll give you a little bit of opportunity to plug yourself here. Oh, plug, plug myself. Oh, I, I just wanted to say that over the past few, you know, months, I, I've just been thinking of watching those TikToks from 2021 where people are like, oh, I quit my job and this is what I do now. And Luke, I think I told you about this where I was like, Luke, I'm really interested in this concept of Airbnb arborage. Like, I think I can make yes, a lot of you... money in Toronto doing this. Oh my goodness. Imagine if I just like took all my money and actually went into doing something like that or built like a cryptocurrency farm in like the oh middle of 2021, I would be out like completely and <laughs> I would be stuck with nothing. I If I did the Airbnb arborage thing that I told you about, I, I would be so doomed right now because I would have like bought that place on 15% down payment. My mortgage rate would be insane. Jeez, that is so true. So Interest would be killing you one year later. I know. So just reflect on what the TikTokers that in 2021, those side hustles that they discussed and maybe, maybe think like think twice about that as like true financial advice. Oh my gosh. There you the go. real, the real, you know how Warren's classic Buffett where is, when people are bullish, be fearful. And when people are fearful, be bullish. Or mm. when people are greedy, etc. The real quote is: When people are greedy on TikTok, run the fuck in the opposite direction. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to like remix all our quotes for like TikTok and Snapchat, like in our easily. <laughs> okay, but, no. well, Toby, I appreciate you taking the time to join here. Um, and we'll be back in like I guess one second here. Yeah, <laughs> let's YOLO it. <laughs> and we're back hopefully this is recording um so a shout out to toby um one of my dear childhood friends one of the smartest people i know and you know it's very interesting how we're still friends together especially considering who i am as a person now yeah i know that's awesome and like you can tell there's a lot of dick sucking i'm like i can tell you you respect him like so i love that i love that i do i do i do respect him as a person yes yeah but uh i was gonna say like just you know, moving away from dick sucking and shit like that. <laughs> I'm beating <an> idiot. <laughs> um, we're we're in like a very interesting time in our lives, and like we're speaking about like you know the economic situation. We're talking about investing and how it affects us, and you know we're comparing ourselves <laughs> to past generations. Toby was talking about the millennials there. Like, question for you, like, do you like know what you want to do with the rest of your life now? Like. Is that is that something that you think about 
Mike, and I can give you some context here before you answer to give you time to think about an answer too, because I know you have a story to tell. Um, I had a phone conversation with someone I, I, I like to think is my mentor. Uh, like, you know, not a mentor, but I'll call him a mentor. It's informal, like, you know, just an older dude. And like, we talk once in a while and, you know, he's, he's talking about like going through like a transition at work or, you know, possible transition at work. And, and I was just talking about like where I am and, you know, how I'm like, you know, just lost and trying to figure it out. And we're just talking about, he was like, he's been working for a couple of years now and he's just now starting to have like clear goals within the framework of like a career or within mm-hmm. the framework of like, you know, his job and like where it could lead him to. And I was like, damn, I was like, I'm so confused. <laughs> like I am nowhere close to that. And that's kind of like what just brought me to this question of like, where are, do you know what you want to do with your life and like, you know, where you want to be and at least how now correlates to that. So go ahead. I I feel like here's the thing, right? Like I feel like, I don't know what I want to do with my life more than before if I was going on my prior definition of what life should be about, if that makes sense. Because when I was no, younger, I had, a very, I had a very specific way of thinking about mm-hmm. like, this is the way life should be. These are like the goals you should go for in life, right? Um, but I feel like I've reached a point now where I don't think that's true anymore. So I guess all this to say, like, if I were to go by this idea previously, where it's like, there's a right and a wrong way to do life, there are better and worse ways to do life, I would be equally as confused. But I feel like into my adulthood, I have changed my definition for life a little bit more. Like, I guess maybe a little bit of context is like, when I was growing up, I was a very like, I needed things to be laid out really carefully, like a five-year plan kind of guy, right? Year one, do this. And I remember I would be really stressed when my plan wasn't as clear as other people. I remember one of my close friends, Zoe, like she would be telling me, I want to finish university and go into consulting. And this was when we were in grade 12. She would be like, for me to do that in my first year, I should intern at a bank. For my second year, I should intern here. For my third year, I should intern at a tech company. I don't want this plethora of experiences, I'll be able to go in there. And I was like, fuck, I just Jeez. know I want to work in business. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, fuck, that's someone with shit together. I didn't know what consulting was to like fourth year or like till I met you or some shit. I don't know. Fully, like, who even knows what consulting is at that age, yeah. right? So she was like someone where I would have thought like really knew shit, but I, I'm 100% confident if you talk to her. And I did talk to her recently, same position. Like, I don't really want to know what I want to do with the life. So all this to say, I don't have a tangible goal at this point. Like I won't say in five years, I want to be in this role or in five years, I want to be making this much money or in five years, I want to be doing this. I know general things I want to be doing, but I feel like one of the biggest things I've realized um, in my adulthood was my parents obviously brought me to Canada to do something. And ever since I, when I was young, I thought that was to make money and acquire power. But I realized now they actually brought me here so that I could live a fulfilling life. You know what I mean? And that involves things. It might involve me being financially free. It might involve me having power to do things and et cetera. But it doesn't have to involve those things. And through and if you're living the type of life where you are exposing yourself to new experiences, you should be open to change because new experiences might bring upon change and they might like bring things into your life which previously might seem very unappealing, but now do not. 
And those things might go against your quote unquote prior goal, right? So my goal is, you know, to be able to take care of my family, like to take care of my loved ones, be able to impact and like do something, leave a legacy on the world and whatever sphere it is that I ultimately want to do that in. I have good ideas of what those spheres are, but I'm not going to hold myself to those spheres at the age of 24, right? Like I, I don't really know like what the rest of my life will look like. So I know I want to be able to take care of my loved ones. I want to, I know I want to be able to leave a legacy. Um, and there's ways that I'll do those two things. But again, uh, if I'm looking at it from the standpoint of I need to be doing this to achieve that, I don't know what that is. Okay. No, I, I totally get you. I, I know you were going to say something about like you were thinking of last week and I don't know if you touched on that already, but I like I like how you how you said how you kind of just gave general things, which is what you said you do have. Mm-hmm. You have general things, and you don't have a specific way of achieving them. And and you're you're spot on there. And another thing I empathize with from what you said specifically is, when I was younger, I would even say when I was younger, I would go as far as saying right before I started working like full time, like when I was in uni. Like, even when I was working, like, part, like, you know, at the mall on minimum wage, it was like, I had such a clear vision for what I wanted to do. And then I start working, and one year later, like, same place, like, you know, as many of us, like, I'm just, like, (laughs) on a boat floating and, like, being like, all right, I'm going to trust that there's land somewhere (laughs) and somewhere near, and not just land, land that is good for farming with some animals that I can kill to eat and shit, right? So... Like we're just floating, and I, I was speaking to this person, and he, he he was just mentioning like like the importance of day ones and how I should keep to day ones, and I want to see if this is something you can resonate with and what you think about this. And he was mentioning like staying close to like you know people you knew when you were younger is important because it helps it helps put you back in the frame of mind of that person you wanted to be because. You know, those 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 ideas and images we always had of ourselves were probably the most confident versions of ourselves like ever. Mm-hmm. And he was he was just mentioning like, yo, like, you know, like, you know, just get in touch with people like that that remember you being special or that remember you talking super wild and exhibiting a certain level of confidence to see if they can help you tap back into that and like, you know, like help channel that like energy again. And now we're talking about evolving when we move forward and changing our definitions of life. And, you know, to some extent, because I've done it too, right? And, you know, becoming more realistic. And then here someone else is, you know, suggesting, you know, tapping into past psyches or past memories and past experiences to be able to rev up. Like how, what do you feel about that? Where where do you want to, how do you balance those two thoughts? Do you think one's, do you think that's important to do? Where do you stand there? I think that makes sense in the sense that when you're younger, you're you're more aggressive with your goals because you don't necessarily in some you know how it's like the master's fallacy where like the more you know, you start mm-hmm. to realize how much you don't know. No. Yeah. Um so I think like the the root of what he's saying there is more like expect like be the hero you looked at when you were young almost, yeah. right? Like like you are that person. Um, but I feel like that kind of touches upon, I feel like the core, because you're right. Like a lot of the stuff I said could be like, one of those super like stupid spiritual shit where it's like, so like, it sounds profound, but it means absolutely nothing. Um, I guess like to make that a little bit more tangible, I feel like that what I'm trying to say here is like managing your expectations. I feel like as long as you follow the thing you want to, 
but you accept the fact that it might not happen in the way that you imagine. Mm, okay. You will be satisfied with that journey. Like I think that's Either what way. I'm thinking about because uh, uh, like the best example would be like, you know, my idea for the food journey because like ultimately like for the longest time I wanted to do something in food, but I've always thought about it in the sense that I'm going to make so much money that I can open a restaurant and just invest unlimited resources to it that I don't even have to worry about profit and I can make this insane concept where like it's going to be the best restaurant in the world i can throw any resources i want at it right mm. but the thing is once i started to explore what what my journey with food actually looks like it it wasn't that and i realized like something like this like in terms of wanting to serve the best food in the world that's not even what i want to do fundamentally right mm. and i feel like when you set your goals to that and then you also put rigid steps in front of it it makes you not want to start because what if you miss that first step? You're fucked, right? Yeah. If you can't and accomplish I, like step one out of 150. And discouraged, just, you know, you think you're shit now and like, yeah, you probably just won't even end up doing anything. Right. And here's the other thing I realized this past weekend, which is what I was trying to talk to you about, right? Like, I mean, I'm all, I'm always thinking about this uh, in the context of food. Cause that's what I, I perceive right now in time. as the thing I'm passionate about. Like, me and William have this start start having this huge argument, and he, by the way, he's wrong fully. Like this, he's, <laughs> love like, that. He basically said, like, basically we were talking about instant noodles, and he's like, "You can't say instant noodles is ramen," and I'm like, "That's fully not true because instant noodles says ramen on it, and then the definition of ramen." I don't want to get into my arguments because I feel like I'll actually get heated here. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, so at some point in our argument, because I'm trying to tell him like instant noodles isn't like authentic ramen. It doesn't taste like authentic ramen, but it's like a lesser version of it, right? Okay. It's kind of like making a sandwich at home versus going to like a nice restaurant getting a sandwich. Um, okay. And then he says like saying instant noodles is like ramen is like saying instant noodles is like it's saying ramen is like pasta. And I'm like, what are you even talking about at that point? Like, it's literally two completely different genres of dishes. Like, even the the noodles are not made the same, right? And then he starts saying all this blasphemous shit. And ultimately, I start asking, I ask him, like, what is your definition of ramen, right? Because, like, I'm like, I know what the, I literally know what the definition of ramen is. It's a type of noodle. It's a tare. It's a seasoning oil. And it's a broth. So I can, like, break this down from that standpoint. And then he literally says to me, he literally says to me, ramen is when I go into a ramen shop and I eat the noodles and I like oh it. Oh, my God. <laughs> and obviously, you know, I'm was... at this point, I'm, I'm mad. Like, I'm screaming. Like, I'm... That's what I was going to say. He was trying to egg you on clearly with that answer. And boy, did it work. <laughs> oh, if that's what his intent is. Like, bro, I, like, I, I literally, I think I start screaming and I'm like, William, there are rules to this shit. <laughs> this we cannot wearing roast ducks to fucking ice cream is a baguette, a fucking pasta now. Like, I literally circle. Uh, like, I'm, I, I'm literally saying shit that doesn't make sense. That's how mad I am. But anyway, yeah. I get into bed later and I'm steaming, right? But ultimately, I realize this thing, which is that the root of every single thing and, and, and the underlying, maybe this isn't even what he's trying to communicate to me, but like what I got out of it is like, if I eat a bowl of ramen and it tastes good, that's ramen to me. Mm. And like, it doesn't matter. Cause like, I'm thinking back on my idea of I'm going to have the best restaurant by sourcing all these ingredients and by doing all of this shit. None of that matters. If the person I'm serving the food to 
doesn't like the food. And in me thinking about that restaurant, the only thing I was thinking about is the type of food I wanted to make, but not the type of food people wanted to eat. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I feel like that's something I discovered on my journey with food by kind of knowing what the end results will be, right? Like the end result is like, I want to make food and I want to make people happy. But because I was open-minded on this journey, I ultimately realized my approach to food might not be right. You know what I mean? Like there might be these other ideas out there. And at the end of the day, they are equally as important. And if my goal is to serve people and I'm not open-minded, I'm not going to come to this end goal. Mm. So I guess that's like I, I how I wanted to like position that story to make it connect, right? Like the no, main that thing was, is- that was great. That was great. Like yeah, like at the end you brought it all back together. He he definitely <laughs> did, and that that's always the most important part. But you brought right. it all back together, and it was awesome. But yeah, no, I think you're spot on there. I think like not to be on. cheesy, but the, the the way this all wraps up is journey, not destination type shit, right? Yeah, like- yeah, yeah. But like again, like you said, you have to have that goal. And you have to be open-minded to achieving it, like, you know, any which way that, you know, it's willing to take you and you will get there. Right. What about you, D? What are, what are your thoughts on this? I guess, like, in terms of being confused, do you think you are more confused now than ever? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, it, and it, it's also more like I just know a lot more now. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, shit. And in and, and, and the, and the way it's confusion, it's like oh, I can see myself being in five different situations and making it work for me. But that that doesn't now mean I know what situation is best for me. Do you know what I mean? And 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 that's kind of like where I find myself. But again, like just speaking about it to you, speaking about it to people on the phone that have, excuse me, been through this and like, you know, just being able to talk about it right now and get your opinion on it, that always helps, right? And I think just keep on working, keep being consistent. I think I have an end goal in sight. You know what I mean? And that's something that I know is very crystal clear for me, right? The question is, like, am I open-minded enough to go through whatever journey it requires to get there? Right. And, yeah, that's something that's yet to be seen. So right. stay tuned, but <laughs> friends. I guess, friends. you know, to close off on that, too, the key, the key, which I don't think I said explicitly, is putting yourself in a position where you're not afraid to take action because ultimately actions are going to get you to the end of the journey. Yeah, please. Yeah. Yeah. Because whether or not your mindset is I need to have clear steps and I don't know what the clear steps are, or when I have clear steps, that's too intimidating. Either of those scenarios, if it prevents you from taking action, you won't get there. Yeah. Right. Like, cause people are fundamentally built different. Like that's the challenge I face. And by having this mindset, now I'm able to take steps and adjust and keep taking steps. Right. But Whatever it is that you need to do, you need to take action. I think, I think like, I remember this too. Like, so I used to have uh, a wrestling coach in high school, very nice guy, very charismatic guy. He was much more on the, like the caring side, right? Like whenever we lost, he just, like, he would say things like start with one thing at a time. So with the fundamentals and things like that, but then, you know, eventually I went to do club wrestling, right? Like, you know, team Toronto, all this shit. And I remember that coach was not nice. You know, that was not his approach. Like, and, but one time he did say this thing, which I personally thought was very profound. He's like, a lot of you in this room might be scared right now. You might be feeling intimidated and you might want me to say something about emotion, about bravery, about, you know, getting in the right mindset to do something. But I'll tell you this, a mindset does not score you points. 
the takedowns that you've been practicing will score you points. The sprawls you've been practicing will prevent you from being scored on. And the throws you've been practicing will win you the match. Don't think about how you're feeling versus how the opponent is feeling. Know the actions you took because those are real. The emotions you're feeling once this match is done, it doesn't exist anymore. But those actions are fundamentally what got you to where you are, right? So I feel like that's one of those things where you need to just put yourself in whatever mindset it takes to take action. Yeah, no, well said. It was not my words. Shout out to Mr. Bargut. I don't know what uh, ethnicity he is, but I always thought that was a cool name. Shout out Mr. Bargut. <laughs> okay. Um, that wraps us up nicely, guys. A little bit of a mixed activity. And, you know, I, I just want to say, you know the boys have variety, yo. Like, we'll, we'll bring on these people who are way smarter than us too, right? Like, uh, just just keep that in mind too, you know. We're not all just, we're not all just degenerates out here. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. There's, you're supposed to get wiser. I am supposed to get wiser. But, you know, we'll, we'll look at it from like a five-year landscape, not a year to <laughs> Fix. Okay. Um, so, Dean, you got anything to listen to today? Yes, sir. So, uh... Chris Brown, just some regular mainstream shit. Chris Brown dropped an album called Breezy. Um, yeah, it's decent. I've definitely listened to a couple songs on there. Uh, the specific one I'm going to shout out is Call Me Every Day featuring Whiskid. You know, I won't say it's anything special, but, like, you know, it's a nice, cool tune. You know, keep you rocking. That's pretty cool. And actually, I remember this is something I wanted to shout out a minute ago. Uh Harry Styles album. Uh, I got put onto that. It's it's a really nice summer album. It's it's uh it's very interesting. Um, I believe uh I forget what I think Harry's World it's called. And, what about and, uh, uh, music? Uh, music in a uh, what's the song called? Song, so, a song for a sushi shop or something like that. Yes, I was gonna say the sushi yeah. shop. The sushi one is my standout track there. That's literally yeah. the one track I was gonna recommend. So, so yeah, good. I don't remember. It's it's it has I don't remember. It has something to do with like a sushi restaurant. Like it's like a song for a sushi restaurant. I don't know, but yeah, check sushi. Uh, I'm I'm trying to bring it up right now, but uh, let's see. Harry's house, not Harry's world. Sorry, Harry's house mm. is the name of the album. Music for a sushi restaurant is the name of the song. Yes, so that's dope. I also liked Matilda. Matilda was really nice. Uh, it's it's a really good album. Just a beautiful summer soundtrack. So yeah, check that out. So those are my recommendations. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna give another shout out to Boogie. I want to shout out some of his older songs because he's coming back to Toronto, and obviously, like it's it's because of like the seven or twenty seven to twenty comments I've left in his posts over the past <laughs> year. I've come back Love to it. Toronto, you ho. Um, so <laughs> totally not that, but like if it is, that would be fucking hilarious. Um, and shout out to him because you know he's really baking it big in the world. He's actually playing at Toy Box this time instead of um, the venue he used to he played at last time was so small. I actually don't. Like, it's not one of the recognized venues. Like, really? it's one of those where it's so small that it's, like, it's literally, like, like like a random, like, call, like, like bar, literally. Like, Jeez. I think there was, like, 50 people there. Um, That's pretty dope. But, so, yeah, Toy Box is close by. That's uh, bigger, too. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, me, you, and Ari are going to be going to that. So, that would be a good time. Um, or maybe so, someone that deserves it more than Ari because he doesn't even listen to Boogie. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, Boogie is actually pretty. You you got me onto him with uh with this album actually. I no, I I listened like don't get me wrong. I had I love some Boogie songs from what that summer. I remember the Lee summer, uh twenty uh, like uh sun, like sunroof. Yeah, you remember you got your your playlist. Yeah, so I remember. Yeah, I got on to Biggie, but like I'm like I'm like now like I'm paying attention to him right now after that uh that song he just dropped. Right, so one of the singles. I'll just shout out Sunroof from Westside Boogie. Um, one of his older songs, and I definitely think it is a banger. Okay, um, you have anything to read this week? Uh, no, I do not. That's all good. Um, do you have anything to watch? I don't have anything to read if that wasn't obvious. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, I watched uh the new Doctor Strange movie finally. Oh, yeah, it's on it's on Disney Plus now, and that was that was pretty interesting. I, I watched I started watching the new season of The Boys as well. Like I finally watched episode one, so yeah, it's very. My God, like it, like the boys just always finds new ways to just fuck your brain up. Like, and episode one, just don't eat while you're watching episode one. You know how people love to eat when they're watching like certain episodes. Like all I could, t- I was eating when I watched it, and I was just, it was like it was so fucked, but like I was still glued to the TV. It was just like I just couldn't, like my brain was like just like malfunctioning a little bit, which is great. This is what you want TV to do for you. So, uh, check out check out <laughs> the boys. Check out episode one and don't eat. Yeah, and I came from a wise guy, so you find out when you watch it. Damn, damn, that is intense. Um, <laughs> I will say, um, I have nothing really to watch, but I do have something I want to say in a unpopular category, which is something to play, and I want to say. Guys, if you guys are, because everyone wants to be good at like a party game, you know what I mean? Because it's cool. Oh it's my a, goodness! It's a are cool you, thing. Are you gonna brag about Flip Cup again? No, I'm gonna say like, if you are looking to get good at a party game, get good at Flip Cup because I personally do believe it is a party game that requires way less like motor skills, time invested <laughs> to get decent at. Because okay. I just feel like it's it has a way low like bar to entry than something like like you know like beer pong because like. Like it's beer pong is so hard, man. Like, can we really talk about that? Like, if people, who, people <laughs> that's the point. Pong, like, it is genuinely like a skill, right? Like, it's like literally being. You know what's the best like way of saying this? Like, I remember we were talking about it this weekend. Like, if you are amazing at soccer, someone else might still be able to do something to you if they're yeah. decently fit. Like, if you're a great striker, but someone can run next to you. That's still going to be like a somewhat of a problem, right? Yeah. It's a, but if you're a good basketball player, there is no way an average Joe is touching you. You are torching that guy 11-0 every single time. Like it's not even, <laughs> it's not even close. And that's like the flip cup to beer pong dynamic. Like you go against guys who are good at beer pong. You're not getting the ball. You miss once, you do. You're done. Like you're yeah. not getting the ball back. Yo, that is, I love that analogy. Like, yeah, you're going spot on with that. Like, you know, like some dudes will embarrass you. I've been embarrassed, man. Like, I've almost gotten, you know, I've definitely gotten naked mild in like my earlier years. Um, Yeah, not naked mild anytime recently, but I've had like only one cup down. Like, you know, like only first cup. And, right. Yeah, like, uh, but yeah, flip cup. I'm with it. 
Okay, and do you have anything to eat this week, D? Uh, to eat? I don't know, man. Like, I don't have a restaurant, like, in mind, but, man, I want me some ribs. So, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know. Like, if you have any rib recommendations for me, like a restaurant, go in and go have some ribs. Uh, Just, you know, recommend them to us. I don't know, Luke, if you have some. You know what? You've inspired me. We're doing ribs this weekend. Oh my god! But we always do. What were we supposed to do? Okay, yeah. No, you said we couldn't do a brisket anymore. So yeah, we might as well just do that. Ribs, ribs. Sure. I was thinking of maybe trying to make some cornbread. Yeah, sure. Why not? We could do ribs, ribs and, cornbread. and cornbread. Yeah, no, I'm with it. I'm with it. But yeah, I guess that's my recommendation. Go get some ribs, people. It's summer. Get your barbecue out. Actually, you're so right, though. There's not like a good. I have no idea where to go get. Like you're like get ribs. I'm like. I guess yeah. Jack Astor's like, like you know what I mean like it's like like regular like just bar crawl places it's like we don't have no Outbacks we're not in like Texas like you know like I don't know so yeah do you think Outbacks ribs are good though I don't know I don't know if Outbacks is the name of what I'm supposed to say but like I'm just talking like going to Texas for ribs I know that's a thing oh for sure yeah man like you should know this bro the 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 uh, true underrated ribs are beef short ribs from Korean barbecue, the Galbi. We need to put some more respect on that shit, yo. Yo, you don't even like. I I love those type of ribs. Like I I like the short ones. Like uh, uh I I do like Canida. I don't know if you know like Canida. Hmm. Like they have some like I don't know like some prime short rib like that. I spend seventeen bucks like once every three weeks to just get and like munch on <laughs> so so good yeah. though yeah like so good but yeah like i want some like beef like some proper like ribs i don't know whether it's beef or pork i don't really care but like i want some purple right um and the final shout out from me for something to eat on the docks or on the locks honestly i don't really remember which one because i went in very hungover both times but get the big locks breakfast. Okay, it's for sure on the locks. Now that I say that, <laughs> <laughs> the big locks breakfast. You literally get so much shit. These guys literally give you four pieces of toast. Four pieces of toast, mm. like three different types of meat, eggs, hash browns, and that shit is eleven dollars. This is not in Toronto. Eleven dollars, my G. So that is amazing. Finland Where- Falls. Shout out to on the locks. Where is it? Finland Falls. Yep. In the Quartha Lakes region. Okay, I was about to be like, yeah, specify what the fuck. Where is that? And the Quartha Lakes. It's like an hour and 40 minutes away from Toronto. Nice. Right, so give that a shot. Check. Um, but yeah, thank you for sticking with us, guys. This has been episode 65 featuring Toby Shaw. We talk about investing in the recession and also, you know, staying on the right path. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. I hope you guys go kiss your mother on the lips. Yeah.